0: All right, hit it. All right. Uh, I was gonna tell you that I got Felix groomed today, and they shaved like the back of him. They called it shorts, but it really looks like he's wearing hot pants. It's so funny. So what you're saying is that Felix is a hoe. He's he's finally making an effort to contribute to this house. Welcome to All Things Terror. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm Emily.
1: We're, I'm Jennifer.
0: Yeah, and this is a podcast where we tell you things that are terrifying from true crime and science and history. But not today. This is an interlude. Every once in a while, we're just going to switch up our format.
1: We have other creepy things that we want to talk about that just aren't storytelling things that we do. So
0: Yeah, um, a lot of times recently when we haven't been recording or even when we have, we've started talking about books and movies, um and things media like that, both terrifying and not so terrifying. Um and so we thought we'd do a podcast kind of talking about that. Because we can. Yeah. One of the things that I wanted to say that's been really hard not to talk about in the podcast was that I, like just about everyone on earth, have been really obsessed with the Michelle McNamara book. And it's funny because in one of the podcasts, um, I talked to you about the book. And um, so Michelle McNamara was researching the Golden State Killer, and she died while writing the book. And then I told Jennifer about this. And I was like, this guy is this crazy serial killer, and it's still unsolved, um, but they just recently arrested him, which is incredible.
1: Yeah, your timing was
0: really on there. Yeah, and There's... the book is amazingly well written.
1: Yeah, I I actually still have that in my to-read list amongst the 450 other things that are in my to-read list.
0: Seriously? But, you
1: know, I have seen a great deal, like even before the Golden State Killer Capture and rescue event, whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know why I just compared that person to a game, but anyways, uh, <laughs> the <or> quest animals. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. So I I have seen quite a bit of buzz about that book. Uh, just kind of like pop up right around the same time that you were talking about it on Facebook on Twitter. On the general internet, so it's kind of interesting. It's like you know, I'm not one of those p- people that believe like you know, universal consciousness or anything. But you know, the hive mind is real, and maybe, maybe yeah. we're all feeling
0: it. As is uh our devices listening to us, so that they can tailor advertisements better. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I
1: specifically am referring to real people that I know, but. Yeah, are yeah, you guys are listening? Do you
0: have you read any um, good scary books lately?
1: Well, if you consider learning Scrum scary, no. learning
0: what? <laughs> it's
1: like a, a project management system, like an agile system. Uh, it's called Scrum. Oh, that does sound scary,
0: but not it in is. a fun way.
1: No, it's incredibly dry. I, I have read that, but you know. Um, I do want to express my excitement about the new Tana French book that will be coming out.
0: Oh, my God. Tana French. We are a huge Tana French fans, and she is coming out with a new book in October. I'm so excited.
1: And we can't really talk about it because we
0: don't know anything about No, it is currently June. Although, did you see, so Hannah French writes these mysteries that are incredible. They're set in Ireland. She's Irish and they're called like the Dublin Murder Squad and each book will have one, like one periphery character who will be the main character in the next novel. Um, But did you you see that this one is not going to be in that milieu or whatever?
1: Yeah, I noticed that. There
0: was a total breakaway there so yeah yeah it could go either way on one hand that's really promising because it kind of gives her some more creative room on the other hand the other ones are so good
1: <laughs> well you know I guess we really shouldn't be surprised about that I can't remember if it was so it wasn't the last book but the book the before trust- the last book had like the main character, the periphery character, but then like the really periphery character, and that, that very periphery character actually became the protagonist of the next book, which
0: was a little bit of a deviation
1: from the formula, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, the trespasser, the last one she did, the main character was like someone that had been mentioned, but not really shown up at all. I'm so excited. All of her books are so good. You can read them in any order, too, really. Um, the the Secret Place and Broken Harbor were not my favorites, but all the others are just, like, some of the best books I've ever read.
1: I mean, the first book is still just, like, haunting to me. It was very
0: brilliant in so many different ways. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's They're just – even if you're not a big mystery fan, they have, like, a psychological element that's very – you don't feel emotionally invested, it just feels suspenseful, but then you realize you're, like, feeling all these feelings, and it just, uh, they're so good.
1: Yeah, it, you know, it sort of reminds me of, um, you got to give me a second for my brain to remember the name of that movie. Oh, The Innkeepers. So, like, still one of my favorite horror movies. Uh, along with I don't the bridge, know if I've seen that. I don't know if we can keep this friendship if you don't watch that movie. Unless I watched it with you, what is The Innkeepers uh, um, about? Drawing, it, so it, it is, um,
0: it's a ghost story.
1: And you know how much I love ghost stories.
0: Yeah, we are big fans of ghost stories. In terms of horror movies, I think you and I both put ghost movies at the very top. Yes, they are the, the best of horror movies.
1: Like, I love ghost stories. Uh in general supernatural horror and then throw like witches right next to that, creature features, like I love these things, but um so innkeepers is a ghost story. The thing is is like it's very atmospheric in the same way that the witches and the same way mm.
0: that hereditary is. We have to um, talk about hereditary. Uh the witch, I we are both very obsessed with the witch. And this is reminding me of that one with Nicole Kidman, The Others, is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. That one is really good. It, cause the idea of, like, it's being very atmospheric and it's just sort of spooky and eerie, I, I like that one a lot. Yeah,
1: there's a, there's another pretty contemporary one. I actually have it written down. So, true story, I have a list of horror movies, <clears throat> excuse me, that I love. Okay. I'm going to look at the name of this movie so that I do not mess it up. But it is, um oh, I Am the Pretty Thing That Lives in, in the House.
0: Oh, yeah, I watched that. I think I was texting you and I watched it.
1: Yeah, it's, a, it's another one of those, like, sort of atmospheric ghost stories that goes back to, like, kind of like, like the uh, early uh, intensive horror where there's, like, catharsis, but it's really dealing with, like, tension and the unknown and building that um really slow burn kind of story
0: yeah i was gonna say i feel like there's a trend in scary movies now to be kind of like that where the tension and the terror is just in not knowing what's going on and it kind of never lifts you don't get the like drop scares or the the twist at the end where you go this is what it all is um but yeah, that that slow burn of just like settling in with some creepiness, and also I think I am the pretty thing that live in the, lives in the house. Also does this as well as hereditary, where there are moments where you're not sure if this is really happening or if it's the character's like psychosis or yeah, there's like, like this.
1: No, it's getting I'm very excited. Yeah, so like the the cool thing about like these these movies that are a little more classic horror, a little more tension and at- atmosphere-driven, is like they are dealing with the human condition in a way that uh, for a while horror movies weren't doing because horror movies were, like, about gore and, you know, like you said, the drop scares and all these things. But, you know, that movie really deals with loneliness, I feel like, in in, like, an unsettling, beautiful way. Like, I'm getting Mm -hmm. goosebumps just thinking about it.
0: Yeah, well, and I think what you're saying, too, is this idea that horror movies, sort of, if there's a monster, you locate the terror somewhere else. But these movies locate the terror, like, it's more intimate. Like, the things that scare you are, like, right in your skin. It's very frightening. Well, that is probably... But I was going to say, did you, this is not, I don't think this really falls into that category. But on Netflix, did you see Hush? Did you like that? Yes, yes. That, that is actually
1: um, a very interesting uh, horror movie, because I'm not a big fan of, like, like the slasher genre. Yeah,
0: me neither. And, but this is sort of like that adventure, slasher, scary movie, but I really like that. It, it's also, it,
1: it's almost a thriller, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, it really is almost a thriller, because it's very physical uh and it's like the character you have you see her like try to figure out how to outsmart this guy it's really interesting. great right. it's a it's a chess game and it's it's also like terrifying but also like the
1: like the the conditions presented are real challenges that
0: make the storyline a little more believable so you can buy in yeah and the main character is death which is really interesting and they don't like, it's just part of her character. They don't play it as this, like, big handicap or, like, a MacGuffin. Um, And, I mean, I'm not a deaf person, so maybe a deaf person will tell us we're wrong. But in my eyes, it seemed like they were, this is a character who just so happens to be deaf, and this is what happens in this horror movie. So it's interesting.
1: Well, and, you know, the the killer in this, right the perpetrator of terrible things he very much treats it as a sport which is which is interesting because i mean now i just kind of want to talk about final girl and how this uh, how the like f- slasher films that i'm interested in uh start addressing the serial, uh, this weird trope of a serial killer being a hunter and they exploit that to, to their detriment, which is kind of an interesting turn in the slasher genre, right? Because yeah. the advantage always for serial killers like Jason and all these things is that they are the hunter, they are the predator, they are the, the you know, the top species, right? And
0: we're the lower prey. Yeah, that's interesting because I really don't like a lot of slasher movies because of that aspect of them being like this cold, this passionate hunter, exactly like you said. And in true crime, which I'm much more interested in, the killers are so much more often portrayed as having like a psychosis or like, I mean, like a broken brain. Like there is just some nuttiness going on there. And that, so that to me is just kind of, it draws me in in a way that's more interesting. So that, that's interesting to me that that might be a reason why I don't like slasher movies as much. I, don't know. I also just don't like, like I don't like the torture porn aspect of them like I just find that very like off-putting in every way
1: okay so exactly I have a problem with torture porn and uh, this is gonna you know make me unpopular very quickly but um, early early parts of Game of Thrones very hard for me to watch because it was essentially all
0: torture porn yeah Game of Thrones did uh they did kind of moved away from that but then they circle back to it every once in a while it is like in the I can't it's been a long time since I've seen it but there are like stretches where yeah it gets super gruesome and very like yeah almost like a horror slasher movie and and I don't know if you're saying current but the last season sucked so uh I've It's one of the very few shows that I've managed to stick through all the way, but I'm really glad that it's wrapping up.
1: I I drift in and out of it. I watch what I can. Like, there's some things I really like about it, but it is a hard uh, television series for me to watch. It's like a Handmaid's Tale. I love that book. Yeah, I love love the book. Go ahead. Just go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, I like the series, too. I think I see the vision, but they have – but it was hard for me to read the book and it is hard for me to watch the series. At some point I just had to stop watching it. Like I can't anymore. This is, this is not a world I want to engage in right now.
0: Yeah, I love the book so much that I don't want to watch the series. Even though everyone's like, it's so good. I'm like, yeah, but when I reread the book, I don't want to be picturing Elizabeth Moss or whatever.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Not but, that there's um, anything
0: wrong with Elizabeth Moss, but, like, I just want the book to be a book.
1: The series is great. I recommend watching it, but, you know, I, again, like, sometimes, even though I might like something, I have to draw a line because it is hard to digest. I mean, yeah. I, I – um, so it's funny because I think this is a good way to segue into Hereditary because people have been abuzz about it, and the way that some people have described it to me is, like, So-and-so was literally broken by this movie. I didn't have this experience, but I read several reviews. I've heard people talk about it where they left just feeling wrong inside. It was – it's a really interesting movie. Well, let's let's break some things down because I definitely have, like, a couple things I want to talk about, but uh, maybe you should kind of give us a start here.
0: So, first of all, um, it's I would encourage you to watch the trailer. The trailer does not give away anything. Like, I think you get a good idea of what you're getting into, but it does not give away anything, including some really big things. When I was watching it, the first big thing that happens, which if you go and see the movie or if you have seen it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I, like, gasped and put my hands over my mouth. And I was with my boyfriend and he was like, you had your hands over your mouth for like two minutes. And I was like, it took everything in me not to scream on the exhale. Like it's just so not what you are expecting and horrifying in a very human level. And then it gets really, I don't, I don't know. It's hard to talk about it without spoiling it, but it's just really what? interesting. And Tony Collette is fucking amazing. I think we need to go into
1: details. So this is, going to be your official spoiler alert if you haven't seen the movie and you intend to watch the movie don't finish this podcast <laughs>
0: yeah we'll just we won't talk about anything else we'll end after hereditary so yeah actually that's a good thing don't do it anymore doot, 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 doot. that's that's the sound to leave doot, doot, doot. anyway what were you going to say spoil it well
1: let, let, let's get specific about your gas moment
0: when they're in the car and her head
1: gets cut Yes. The entire time, so when she, okay. So when Charlie was having, uh, was it anaphylactic shock? Yeah. Breathing issues, uh, allergic reaction. That was scary enough already. Yes. I actually start, I did in the early pregnant put, my hand on my mouth. But then the moment that she stuck her head out the window, I was like, oh, no, this, everything is going to go wrong right at this moment. And I I actually gripped my face (laughs) (laughs) because I knew something was coming. I should have known it was that because there was so much foreshadowing.
0: Yeah, it was, the foreshadowing in that movie was really good because, it's there, but it's not heavy handed in a way that's very irritating. Uh, did you see the, is it a quiet place?
1: Remind that me. Was,
0: that's with, uh, Jim from The Office and his wife and. Yes, 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 yes. That, oh, yes. that was an interesting premise, terrible movie. The foreshadowing <laughs> that was so heavy handed that it was absurd. Like, I've had many conversations about how you could have fixed that movie. It was very disappointing. Yeah,
1: so foreshadowing is tricky, right? Because it's like, you know, if it's heavy-handed, it's cheesy, and you're like, I was able to predict this, like, so long ago because I'm, like, so brilliant. But good foreshadowing is, like, maybe you catch a little bit, and you're like, hmm, this seems like it might be important. Good foreshadowing doesn't give it all at once, and it's really one of those things where, like, once you finally hit the thing that's foreshadowing to you, you're yeah. not supposed to realize it until after the after the fact, you know?
0: Right. The other thing I really want to say about Hereditary was there's a scene where Tony Collette and her husband and her son are, like, eating dinner, and it's very tense, and the son is like, just say what you want to say, and she, like, gets up and starts screaming at him. I almost burst out laughing because that is almost exactly, like, when my mom would get mad at us and have, like, her weird fight, and it was so, I was like, this is, this is supposed to be, like, dramatic, this is just, like, very familiar, I thought it was hilarious, Uh like, the, you don't do anything, I'm the only one who does anything, I was like, oh, my God, now she needs to segue into how nobody helps her out with chores and then run upstairs and cry, and it's my house. It was – I just – I wanted to – I could not believe that. It was hilarious. Like, oh, <laughs> Mom and, meltdown and, and you, time.
1: And you know what? Like, it's kind of cool because um, that scene, too, like, it felt very real. Like, I was getting the uncomfortable feeling because of all the attention. Is was like, ooh, I know these I know these moments. I know this moment. Yeah. I recognize this. But then, when, uh, she goes full mom on you, it's like, ah, yes, I remember being made to so small.
0: Here we are.
1: <laughs> it, it got, it, it went to that line where I was just waiting for her to go, and fuck you and fuck your face. But we didn't get there. But it was like right there, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Well, and then, so this is the thing that's interesting about this movie is that, It starts out, and sort of in the middle part, it's, like, the terror of, like, family trauma and mourning and, like, just this, like, domestic, everyday horror, and there's that, and then it becomes, like, Rosemary's Baby (laughs) at the end. So, you know, let's talk about – oh, God,
1: I just – my list doesn't jump everywhere. So let's talk about, for a moment, like – the two deaths in the movie, because I think this is a smart contrast. Mm-hmm. When her mother dies, like, the family was, like, they seemed exhausted more than they seemed to be creepy,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? And you learn that this woman uh basically was to create a bunch of tension in the family. Um There's, like, an on-again, off-again, I-hate-you-I-love-you relationship and then I hate you I tolerate this relationship
0: that's the thing that I thought was amazing is it sets itself up to this ghost story where it's like oh the estranged mother dies she's going to become an evil vengeful spirit or she's going to be a spirit and they're going to like heal the wounds or whatever but it just never happens like the mother really is this looming presence and this like there's this fearful trauma but you never really fully understand what that is all about and and you can feel tony collette kind of trying to not do that as as a mother herself but then also like yeah she's she's had a weird childhood so she's imparting another weird childhood like it's just it's very very interesting but then you have Charlie's death,
1: and that is the devastating real grief that changes the dynamic in the family and actually mm-hmm. pretty much dictates the way every person interacts with other people and meet in the world around them.
0: Yeah, although but, I have to say I had one complaint, and, like, by the end of the movie, I was kind of wondering if they did this on purpose, but the son is supposed to be a high schooler, and he looks like he's, like, 35 years old.
1: Well, you know, it's all the hormones in chicken these days. <laughs> they eat a lot of chicken and it's prematurely aged, Tim. You know you know, honey, you gotta cut back on the chicken. You're gonna look forty five by the time you're fifteen.
0: Yeah. Less chicken, more sunscreen, people. <laughs> Has- hashtag less chicken, more sunscreen. The other hashtag. <laughs> so, um,
1: you know, and here here is where I feel like the movie is smart because, like, you grieve that death with that family, you know, and you really like – their pain is visceral, and you can, like, touch it, you could drink it, you could probably go out to a ball with it and get fucked up with it. Like, you can do a lot of things with the emotions.
0: Oh, yeah, death. and that's why I'm saying, like, that is so amazing that they did not give anything away in the trailer because by not giving anything away in the trailer – you really feel that, which is hard to pull off. But but here is how the
1: movie just like manipulated everybody. Charlie is not a little girl. A little girl did not die in that car accident. That's true, she was possessed, right? Right. That the the soul of the person that was Charlie as an infant was already gone. So like the tragedy of that death the tragedy of the the torn relationships in the family everything that happened like how
0: how destroyed Pierre was it was all over a demon that's true yeah and then it, it moves into like I'm glad that you saw it because I was gonna say that you Daniel would really like it because then it moves into like a demon possession movie uh which is just kind of it has moments, too, where it reminds me of It Follows, which I also really, really love. Yeah, like
1: these, like, really stark, like, um, high-tension, low-action moments in the movie.
0: Yeah, or these moments where you're like, I don't know why this is scaring me, but it is. And that's <laughs> really interesting.
1: I didn't, I, so I just want to point out, uh, I drank no alcohol during this movie. <laughs>
0: Does that, does that need to be pointed out?
1: <laughs> and I watched this movie entirely sober so that I can be fully invested in the atmosphere and not numb myself to the crazy that was about to be unleashed upon me.
0: Well, do you know but, what I just thought of that we should do sometime? We'd have to definitely have, like, headphones and mics and stuff. Um, but we should watch Oculus and, like, do a live podcast that you could play along with that movie because you and I both love that movie and that's like the beginning of our friendship and that's such a good movie. I want everybody to see it. Yes, we we need to see that we do that for sure.
1: But also time out, I'm pretty sure the beginning of our friendship is uh my great shit talking abilities when <laughs> ex boyfriends are, are involved. When what? Ex boyfriends are involved.
0: I think that was after oculus because I was flying in from somewhere and you guys picked me up. I'm pretty sure that was before shit talking ex boyfriend to to
1: to be verified to be put in anyway. yeah, TBV. yeah t b v so there's a lot of like this movie was a lot like a book, and I did like <laughs> scribble a bunch of mental night here and I'm,
0: I know what you mean but the phrase this movie was a lot like a book is really funny. It reminds me of that joke in Parks and Rec when April asked Donna what her favorite book is and she says Downton Abbey and uh April goes that's a that's not a book and she just goes Downton Abbey.
1: <laughs>
0: well, this
1: movie is a lot like Downton Abbey, which is a book. <laughs> but um there, there are so many, like, little things that, like, are so fucked up and manipulative. So, remember, Charlie is not a little girl. Charlie is, well, like, a demon that's, like, extremely debilitated because it has a vagina.
0: Well, and also, it's also a weird... Even before you know that, the actress is, like, how old is she? I thought she was, like, eight, and then she was, like, supposed to be 13, And you can tell that she's kind of a strange person in general. It's it's just, it's so good. Everybody goes, oh, I want to
1: talk about that too. But, but, hold on, get there. So, um, Charlie isn't, isn't a little girl. So when her grandmother dies, she says something that you would expect maybe a young person confronted with death for the first time in real life would say which was what's implied is that she's close to her grandmother she says who is going to take care of me and then annie says me of course silly but Mm -hmm. when you die and the reason why this is this like so brilliantly fucked up and demonic is literally a demon being like foreshadowing like you are going to die like, I have the knowledge that you're going to die, like, way sooner. Like, you're not going to get, like, menopause and all that shit. Like, you're dying tomorrow kind of thing.
0: Yeah, and it's also, like, it's not the little girl asking. It's the demon.
1: <laughs> right, it's the demon. like, well, shit, man, I got this vagina. Who the fuck is going to take care of me now?
0: You know? <laughs> I
1: don't know how to wash this shit. What the fuck is Summer's Eve?
0: <laughs> I'm like, listen... Demon, it's like a self-cleaning oven, just water and let it cook, it'll take care of itself.
1: Well, you know, apparently because of the whole, like, blah, 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 that cult preferring, like, a male body, like, obviously being in a female body, complicates things for kings of hell. Which, if you watch <laughs> any other possession movie, that's not a fucking problem.
0: Yeah, I do, that was a really bizarre twist of, like, the demon has gender <laughs> right,
1: or has a gender preference, but so then again you know whatever I can't stand in judgment of a demon,
0: yeah, and I mean, I guess there is a possibility that this is just this particular demon but you know maybe other demons are more gender fluid in the bodies that they possess.
1: you know clearly this this demon hasn't come into the century and doesn't know the kinds of conversations that are happening about gender identity and biological sex and all these other things. so you know, Fuck him. If he can't deal with a female body, then whatever. That's his problem, not mine.
0: Yeah, you know, demon heteronormativity, don't let it threaten your masculinity. Take this time to explore your demon powers when you're around a vagina.
1: I feel like that's our next pseudo-academic book, Demon heteronorm- Heteronormativity. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I you. couldn't even say that. <laughs> demonic <laughs> demonic
0: heteronormativity and you. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Meet your friend Pylon. <laughs>
0: oh god. Pylon anyway, is closed minded.
1: <laughs> so, um all right, so let's talk about like the fact that Charlie's like weird. And before you know Charlie's actually a demon, she just seems like a kid that's not quite right. And I feel like this is really related to the title of the movie. Like hereditary is like hereditary as in mental illness. You know, you have your grandmother who is, like, a little bit cuckoo. And then Charlie seems not all exactly normal. Um Annie refers yeah. to
0: her. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that really taps into, like, the movie, also the idea of it being hereditary, it's very aware of its sort of horror ancestors, and it taps into that great vein of, like, the creepy child and scary movies, like The Omen um, and all all those movies where, like, uh, yeah, or even The Sixth Sense, right, where the kid is sort of otherworldly.
1: Yes, yes, like, The Creepy Children is is such a
0: fascinating and, like, awesome trope in horror. They do a good job of, like, tapping into those things, um, but then also actually doing something new with it.
1: So then the other thing, too, is, like, The Brothers had a mental illness as well. And and I want to pause because I want to come back to the brother. But then you have hereditary as in th- this is literally the bloodline that has the capacity to be a host to a demon. Like Peter is so key um, to this bloodline, right? But then let's go back to, to the brother. Re- do you remember what Annie said about the brother?
0: That she didn't want him? No, no.
1: Annie didn't want Peter. But what did she say about her brother? Oh, about her
0: brother, that her he brother. was schizophrenic and, yeah, and hung himself. That was also an amazing scene. Because she's like, why oh, he... that was my mother's life. It's like, well, that was your life, too. <laughs> why did he hang himself?
1: Oh, he blamed his mother. She put demons in his head. She really did. She, she said his brother, her brother claimed that her mother was trying to put people inside of him. So, first off, None of these people are mentally ill. Secondly, he was supposed to be the host of Paimon. What's inside here is that her mother was trying to make him the demon host, but because he hanged himself, Peter, through the bloodline,
0: and yeah, inherited, Peter had to inherited it. the role.
1: And I was like, God, that's fucked up.
0: <laughs> it's good, though. It's smart. What is... If you only take one thing away from this, tell me your, your closing thoughts. So,
1: here, here is what I take away from this. One, if you were in a classroom and your teacher asked you what's more tragic, people having a destiny or people not having a destiny, go ahead and just leave town and abandon your <laughs> family. And two, <laughs> If a bird smashes into the window and you see a kid, cut that bird's head off. Don't be friends with that, that kid.
0: Some fucking nope. shit is going on. Mm-mm. Nope. Shut it down. Send it back.
1: What about you? What What is your takeaway from this movie?
0: Um. Let's see. What is my takeaway? I think, one, like, oh, I don't know. One, yeah, don't trust creepy children. Like no good can come of creepy children at all. Um, and the other I would say is if you take someone to a party, don't ditch them ever. <laughs> don't eat the cake. This is don't. not a
1: situation where you let
0: them have cake ever. Yeah. Don't don't ditch people at parties. Uh I don't care how good the cake is or how cute the person offering to get you high. <laughs> don't get high at parties, kids. Dare. Don't. Did you say don't go to parties?
1: <laughs> no, I said don't get high at parties, kids. And then I
0: said dare. Dare. I dare you not to get high at parties.
1: Wait, wait do you
0: remember what the fuck dare stood for? No. Um, I Also, I think, I'm pretty sure this is the second time that we've talked about dare.
1: <laughs> uh Hold on, I think it's like drugs, alcohol, um, rack room, shoes, and equal way.
0: <laughs> Dodge all resulting entries.
1: <laughs> Something about economics. I, I don't know. No,
0: all I remember was the phrase dare to resist drugs and alcohol, which... Does not does not an acronym.
1: I don't. I have so, to consult the
0: internet now. Hashtag, tell us your acronyms, guys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the the more, I don't know what what should be our
1: conditions for this.
0: I mean, you have to use the letters D A R E.
1: If you can use D A R E and then also integrate, was it there to resist drugs or whatever? Mhm. Bonus points. Bonus points for that.
0: Bonus oh, points. here it
1: is. dare to res to re. <laughs> Sorry, to resist drugs and violence. So use D A R E, and if you can add to resist drugs and violence in there, fucking
0: bonus points. You win. You win. Our love and esteem forever.
1: Oh, by the way, it means Drug Abuse Resistance Education. Huh. Did someone, God, like someone whose parents made them read a dictionary at the age of two and sent them to every type of prep school, that's the person who came up with that name.
0: Well, I was also thinking that since it's specifically about avoiding drug abuse, it's not that you can't do drugs, just don't abuse them
1: yeah don't abuse him you know everything's good in moderation
0: yeah responsible drug use kids (laughs) all things terror is written recorded and produced by two amateurs jennifer and emily we are available on gmail or twitter at all things terror and instagram at all things terror podcast stream us on google play apple podcast spotify and stitcher Show notes and streaming available on SoundCloud. If you have made it this far, thank you. And show us some love. Tell a friend, tell an enemy, and rate, review, subscribe. You know the routine. Hashtag all things terror.